Yeah, you won't know me, you see, because I, I, I don't like the limelight. I'm, I'm a bit, I like, I'm very hands-on, and, and I like doing things, and I like building things, and I like, I love my stadium, and I love my speedway, but I just like to be in the background. I don't, if, you know, I just don't like the limelight as such. But I've learned to live with it. You know, years ago, I wouldn't even go in front of a camera. Now, yeah, I'll scare the kids off when I go in front of the camera. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's. Uh... You're listening to the one and only Real 45 Podcast. We talk about life, racing, and getting sideways. Hey, every day is a new day. How hard can it be? And now, your hosts are in the building, Greg Hancock and Stephen Junelle. Well, hey, welcome to the Real 45 Podcast. I'm Greg Hancock. I'm here solo today. Uh, Stefan and I have uh, been trying to hook up and, and get numerous people on the on the airwaves here, but uh, it's not always easy with the stay-at-home system and being uh, yeah back and forth all over the place. And and uh, but today, hey, I'm solo, and I'm not solo really because I've got a very interesting guy who's um, the current head of the BSPA in the British Speedway League, also the promoter uh scunthorpe speedway scunthorpe scorpions i believe they're called and uh, i want to welcome rob godfrey thanks for joining me man yeah good morning to you greg i've just had to look at what time it was and uh, you had to get up early for this one it's eight o'clock in the morning i do believe I, you know it's pretty funny too because with everything is now you normally this like was it's 8 30 in the morning here now and yeah. uh, normally this would be like later in the day, but it's almost feeling like it's early because nobody really knows when's the days are supposed to start anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I've been hearing. I mean, people. I, I was talking to a promoter, was talking to Kyle Aworth, and he's lost all his sense of what time it is because the lockdown and you know the staying awake and everything else. It's uh, but fortunately for me, you know, I'm out and about. I've got a garage, and uh, life is reasonably normal to a degree. Um, but I do feel for the people that are stuck indoors and and having to adhere to the the um, the, the, the exercise rules and everything else. It, it must be hard for them. Must be absolutely. I, you know, hands on. Like you say, I, I'm I'm a kind of guy who I, I like to be productive no matter what I'm doing, and I am a hands on guy myself. So I same in my racing career. I always tried to. I could never leave everything alone to, to just let the guys do everything. And I got a little bit better towards the later parts of my career, but man, I had to have my hand on everything. And you could see that my mechanics would start to panic a little bit when they, when I start walking around looking at the bike or looking at what's going on around the, our whole, our whole combination or setup, you know, and just, uh, but Hey, you need to know uh, what you got, you know, and keep everybody on their toes at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. Your their life, your life was in their hands, basically. So yeah, you had to you put finger on that pulse, definitely. Yeah, for sure, right? So um, while we're while we're on the subject, Rob, I mean this this coronavirus thing. I, I don't want to. This isn't going to be a podcast about coronavirus because I think it's taken up enough of everybody's time. But exactly. like you said, there obviously you got you've got your own garage there, and and is that for for vehicles? Is that for some other stuff? What what kind of gears do you have? Just just the run, run of the mill stuff. We MOT, we service repair cars. Um, we, oh, okay, cool. We do most everything. We have a body shop. Um, we're just running at about thirty percent at the minute. We, we elected, three of us elected to uh, keep the garage open and stay open. Uh, the body shop man's, he's closed the shop. Um, and we're just keeping ourselves busy. And, we, you know, we're getting enough work to come in. And we, uh, ironically, 
ironically when people do come in they tell you that they're a nurse or they're a doctor we have all these customers that we don't know who they are during the normal year but we certainly know who they are now and we just feel that you know it's the right thing to do if your car breaks down and you need to get to work and you are a key worker then you know we, we can certainly fix it we've got the supply chain open still so we can get parts it is getting increasingly difficult, um, but mm. I'm sure that you know I, I'm not uh, I'm not giving up. We'll still be here throughout it all. Hopefully, anyway. Well, you're still an essential need, as they as they keep saying, you know, because people still got to have their vehicles up and running and and safe. And if accidents or or repairs or whatever, that's uh that is essential well we don't feel important as what the nurses and doctors are let's be honest but we we are doing a little bit like the, the truck drivers and everybody else throughout the world you know it's not sure. just about england america etc everyone's doing their little bit to keep keep the, the essentials going and um yeah we we, we you know that, that, that's what we're doing and we i say we like to to, to keep going we uh, we know the risk as such but we feel the risk is minimal we're, we're all fairly young ish and uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're here today and we're talking to you hey man that's that's super cool that's and it's great that you guys are in our whole family comes from the body shop industry my my mom my dad my brother my uncle so it's it's always i always get a kick out of talking body shop with people and <laughs> i see that there's still body shops open around even our area here too and yeah well i've just my, to keep me busy as well i've, I've just restored a um which is technically an english muscle car it's a three liter s capri which i've had on the go for quite a couple of years now and because we've gone quiet it's been pulled out and uh, it's well on its way to getting put back together and on the road so that's sort of kept me busy and it's it's my baby as such so i never envisaged that i would have time to do it this year but with everything that's gone on it's uh, it's been a it's been a godsend really to keep just the time filled in especially the bank holiday where we've just had, you know, you talk about Easter weekend. We, I just came to the garage and got the sheet off and uh, got it to the point where now it's running and it will be on the road in the next couple of weeks where I thought it was going to be a couple of years. Hey, you know what? Like you said there, godsend. It's like, you know, these, these things that are happening now, as much as we, you know, some people have lost their jobs and some people got nothing to do or some people are just stuck like, okay, I got to be home. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, you got all the time in the world. So you might as well, once you get over the reality of it, it's like, well, I might as well get busy and start doing other things or trying to come up with a new idea or whatever. So uh, it, that three it, liter, that sounds like a beast. Yeah, well, it's strange. Everybody you speak to has done, they've been doing jobs that they've been putting off for so many years or so many months and they've all, you know, got them done now. So in the next couple of weeks, they're going to get extremely bored because all the jobs you've been putting off have been done. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just about keeping yourself busy now and, waiting for for the good news for the for the uh the deaths and and the infections to drop so that we can start to plan to start having a sporting speedway season certainly and football and everything else can come back and get a bit of normality back but we are we aren't over that yet we're um we just had a quite a few number of deaths today that uh it's indicating it's flattening off but it's not coming down at the rate that we were expecting at this point. So we've got a bit of a way to go yet, but uh, we'll get there, I'm sure. I'm positive we'll get there. 
Well, it sounds like the, the UK too is there. They've reacted well, and people are are following suit. So it's um yeah. I mean, the whole world really, right? I mean, m- most countries there's still a few. Even Sweden's still fairly open, and, and uh, you know, as much as they have social distancing, they're still they're still out in restaurants and bars and and uh, strange, you know, it? yeah. It's yeah, you know, when everybody else is virtually on a lockdown, it's um. But we'll see. It's a small. It's a big country for the size of the population. Yeah, um, sixty-seven million. And, uh, yeah right so here you go there you go but anyway that's enough of coronavirus as you said let's move there, on to something more go. interesting <laughs> there you go so there's your, so your background then rob obviously you got your your garage there and what about the speedway interest or did you were you a sporting kind of guy as a kid too no not really um i i motorbikes i mean i love motorbikes i i had motorbikes from a very young age um i motocross bikes i would re- repair bikes for people never used to go to school and used to just go ride my bike you know down the local um, wasteland as such we, we had a group of us it was quite different then to, to what it is now and grew up around motorbikes and, and cars and things like that and then um, was introduced to speedway in about 78 79 and was just instantly hooked absolutely hooked um the old track at Quibble park in scunthorpe which was a bit of a flat track it was it was an athletics track actually um saw it and from then on just got involved it used to be the the old um color marshal at uh when it moved to ashbyville i got myself to do that which a lot of people maybe won't remember what that was and just hanging out the helmet colors because nobody could afford to buy them then and then uh, obviously it finished and then i got hooked again um in about 2004 and then decided i'm gonna build my own track and did so so that's scunthorpe that's scunthorpe yeah so okay so i came there and you did, did a practice you session did, you did, you did see ago. me you probably did. so you did you, you, you you're very um, i spoke to you though right pardon I I think I remember speaking to you. You there, did. Though, yeah, right? you were very polite. Yeah, I, I, you came. You had a blast round, and then uh, you came and, and saw. I think it was me and Graham at the time, and and thanked us and everything. And um, yeah, that you, you did come, and and that was the only probably the only time you ever been there. But uh, it's changed a lot since then. Right. I, can, I can tell you, Greg, everything that uh, it's my passion is is that stadium, and uh, I, just every single penny I put back into it to make it better and better and better and better made the racetrack better and better and better. Um, we now have made it a, a multi-purpose stadium because we've got stock cars there as well. Um, so it, it has evolved. I mean, it, it would have been the early days when you were there to something I'm quite proud of, really, for the, for the limited amount of funds that I've, that I've had. It's all been my own money as such to get it to where, where it is now. But I must say there has been a lot of people helped me along the way. There's not just myself. There has been a great crew of uh, volunteers and people that uh, have had the same passion. But we have, we're there now. We're, we're, we've got it to the point where it's it's easy to manage. And uh, every speedway meeting that we have at Scunthorpe it is a perler. It's um, it's a great, it, you know, I, I, I'm biased myself, but it is a great racetrack. Hey, that's that's pretty cool because I've I've only seen a few videos of it, you know, and and obviously I, back in the day there when you when you guys that was pretty early when you first it opened was, it yeah. too, and Darren Boot, 
the late Darren Bukok, my good but longtime friend. Yeah. He, he brought me there with Louis Carr at the time. And I remember he constantly promoted Scunthorpe and I should come, you know, whenever I was talking about doing different things and he would just come over here. We'll go up to Scunthorpe and we'll, we'll hook it up so you can go up there and do some testing and get that figured out and fix this and fix that. And constantly always trying to promote. Yeah, he did bless that him. Way. Yeah, Darren, Darren and Sharon, bless him. They always, they always um, think about them now and again. It's... Um... Tragic that was, yeah, right. absolutely tragic. But uh... absolutely, and you know, talk about a you know a guy who's obviously the sport and everything too. And uh, he was such a promoter for Speedway, and didn't matter who who you were or whatever, he was always positive and always saw the good in things. If he had to be really, really upset, and it was tough to rattle his cage sometimes unless you were the right yeah. person. And uh, but he would always turn something negative into a positive. And I, I've you know, I try to use a piece of the. The, the world according to Darren, as we called it. Um, I mean, Ty, to uh, be fair, it, Darren was a big influence in Ty, whether a Ty really knew it exactly. or not, Ty and Rob, because Darren hooked everybody, all his contacts up with Ty to get to promote Ty to where he was getting the Jawa, the Jawa um, package, you know, he was getting bikes off Jawa yeah. and everything. He, he really was, um, I mean, we could sit and talk about Darren for an hour. He was a great, great, ambassador for the sport although he was another one that really was didn't really want the limelight as such but you know the Oscar brand will always exactly. remember it and never forget it right and i mean that's what i mean he like he, exactly as you just said there he didn't want to be in the limelight but he had Ozcam, and nobody really knew yeah. who that was or you know <laughs> to, you, it was just uh to do something for the guys and for the sport and, and it didn't make him any money that's that absolutely sure. not it cost him a lot of money yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, you know the saying, so, don't you? Uh, how to make a, a small fortune out of speedway. <laughs> Start with a big one. one. There you go. You've heard it. <laughs> yeah, Best joke of the night, and I've spoiled it. No way, it's awesome because that's it's one that works good. I mean, even as a rider, you know, you we put so much back into yeah. the sport, and uh, you know, you're of course you're always trying to make money. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it for so long. But then again, it's. Uh, I think there's way more that goes out than comes in from time to time just because of the love of it. So, yeah. uh, Hey, that's just, that's just how we are. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so looking back now, I mean, you've been, what would you say? 2005 when you got involved with Scunthorpe or when you bought them and built Scunthorpe? Well, I when say. I said Scunthorpe back up, yeah. 2005 is when, um, March the 17th, I think or something was 2005 was our first meeting in a grass field. Yeah. And then to now, so how um let me think now um you guys started there then i remember it being built and you you were still improving quite a bit but the um how how did you guys finish up in the league last year that's a very good question um not sure no, i'm just curious I know we too, won it in 2012 yeah. we won the premier i mean early days the conference league which was the third division we just you know, we mm -hmm. just were wiping up to be honest, and we moved up to the Premier League, yeah. uh, which is now the Championship. And in 2012, yeah. we actually won the the Premier Premier League, which was the, the, the achievement that I always wanted to do. Um, last year, probably about eighth, ninth, or something like that. Everything seems to go wrong for us. We start off well, but um, obviously injuries play, play the play the part, and. Uh, and I'm a bit tight, you know, Greg. I'm a bit tight on uh, what, what, what. You know, I'm a bit. I, I run it to a budget, to be honest. But I'm still there, and I have to, I have to do. 
couple of years ago that I did, I threw everything out the window, uh, put the, a fantastic team on paper together. And then first meeting, Steve Warrell breaks his leg. Um, I had Gino at the time. He, oh, he had yeah. crashes after crashes and had injuries. And, and it just still ended up about eight or nine. So it, it, it taught me a lesson, really. Oh, man. Well, when you say, obviously, you say you say you're tight or you run on a budget. I mean, isn't that the key to making a success? Or, or is it, do you feel like you're too much on a budget? Or is that just no, who you are? No, I think that the budget, you have to have a budget. Everyone needs to have a budget. If you look at British Speedway, the whole of British Speedway, whether they're in the Premiership or the Championships, on a budget now. It doesn't, it can't mm-hmm. compete with the other nations. But it is still here. And it is, it took a, a step back a couple of years ago. And, and it was the right thing to do, to go forward again. It was it's unfortunate this year with the coronavirus or the COVID-19 that, that, that came along because we were probably going to have one of our best years. We got, obviously, Nicky coming back. We got uh, Jason Crunk coming back. You know, the, the fixtures were plentiful this year. We were having more fixtures for the riders, whether it be in the Premiership or the Championship. And then, boom, this just knocked us sideways. It's, you know, and, and you know, the future is... is not as bright as what it was prior March the 15th. Right. So, exactly. but yeah, you've got to have a budget because, you know, we all hear the stories. I don't hear many, any stories, many stories of British clubs not paying riders, which is, you know, and you'll never hear a story of, of, a, of a rider not getting paid from Scunthorpe. Never, <laughs> never. It's, um, it's a religious art for us. Every Friday they get paid, which is fantastic. And, you know, long may that can turn because we can afford to do it. That's Hey, that's pretty cool. I, I was looking through some and I was researching a little bit about you too before um, uh, on the lead up to this too. And it was that while you're talking about this in, in certain situations, I, I found one quote from Grinsby Life. It was, uh, I've told the riders they need to get a yeah. win uh, in one of these meetings where the season could be over. It's a test of character for the side after a home setback. But if we concentrate on the, the task at hand and focus on what we're doing rather than the opposition rides our capabilities is more than possible. So, I mean, yeah, you're saying it's going to be over, but man, we got this. You still brought in a, a positive feel to it. So the guys, they yeah. get it. like, yeah, it could be over, but man, it, it's not over until it's listen, over. Listen, I, I, I want to win. I want to win everything. I'm so competitive. If, if, if you race me, I'll, you'll beat me, but I'll try to win. You know, I want to win everything. Every time that I put a team together, whether it be on a budget or not, I want to win that championship. I've experienced winning it. Uh, we had a, a stream on Monday night where the 2012 championship was on um, the British Speedway GB stream. And it was the home and away against Somerset. And, you know, I was so nervous and so it, it really pumped me up to... to you know, that's what we all want to be. We all, all want to be winners, and, and I'm, I'm certainly not not wanting to win. I want to win. I want to win everything. But um, and it's so disappointing when you you think you can do it, and then it just falls apart. Um, so you 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 love it. You know what I'm talking about. It's you you know you, you believe at some point that you're going to do it, and then when you realise you keep believing you're going to do it, even though you're not going to, you know you're not going to do it. So um, it's the same whether you're an individual rider or a promoter and team manager with a team. It's it's the same same emotions that you go through, and I certainly go through plenty of emotions wanting to to emulate 2012 again. 
well, we ride on those victories, right? And it's um, those kind of things. You, all the things you did right, and what you maybe you'd done, you you did that you feel could have been better. And uh, now I'm never, I'm never one to say that I did something bad. I, I want, I always want to say, well, I could yeah. have done better, and uh, and and keep rolling on that. But like you, like you just said, if you look at everything on paper and you think that we got no chance, however, there is always the chance because, and we've had so many. I'm fortunate that I've had so many great moments over the years um that have the odds are against you you look at the team but if you get the right individuals together all of them working in the same concept and forget about the opposition as you said and that quote i really like that because it's like don't forget about the opposition there you know what you can beat every single one of these guys on any day and they want to beat you as bad as you want to beat them but right now you're you're, you're, if you're thinking positive and you forget about these guys and you just think about going out there and doing what you love to do, and that's basically you want to win, um, you can upset the apple cart day in and day out. And and there have been some great – we have been – I'm lucky I've been involved in some great teams that on paper there we had no chance, and we got league titles yeah. out of it. So it was, you know, in different leagues. It was You've got to have a bit of luck, though, and I never seem to get any luck. That's my problem. The most unluckiest person. I never go to Vegas <laughs> and I would win. <laughs> that's right i'm close to vegas and i i try not to go there myself yeah as i say you're unlucky i'm not most unluckiest person there is but you know i keep trying and let's say once again we thought that this year was was a good very good team that i put together um but we'll never know now i don't think um unless a miracle happens it it looks um i, I was going to ask you this mm. later in the in the the interview here but it does look like that right i mean the more we get further into it everybody's kind of hoping and got their their hearts set on yeah we're going to be back at this in in may or in june or in july and then you think i i don't understand how all some of these um even jason i did an interview with jason crump a couple weeks ago too and he mentioned too i don't having the borders closed that's the worst I mean, thing right so i mean the guy the guys can't travel or once it opens up and that, you know, the same for you guys could, I'm, I'm trying to find positives in all of this as well, but the way this is that you're going to have to choose what league you want to ride in. If you want to, if, if once things open up, I don't think the borders are going to open up for quite a while, but if you wanted to race in the UK and you didn't leave the UK, they get the virus and what they feel is under control. Uh, everybody can, you can stay in the UK and race there in the British league or you can go in a premiership or whatever, or you can race in Sweden, but you can't leave, or you can race in Poland, but you can't leave. This can be quite interesting because Speedway has always been so open, and it's the only sport in the world that I know of that you can be, I can be an American and I can race in, in you know, four, five, six different leagues around the world at the same time if I want to, and I can fit it in yeah. as well as the world championship. Uh- and that's not well, normal, right? I, I think that's that's the easy bit, to be honest, because I think the difficult part is is public confidence in the when we get to the outcomes. I mean, we could put a league together based of the riders that we that we have in Britain. We're very fortunate that, that there is enough riders sure. that. I mean, we've got Australians that haven't gone home that are now stuck here. Um, I think the Americans have gone home. I think Brock Nickel and uh, I can't remember who the other one was. Apologise, but. Becker, Luke, yeah, yeah Luke, sorry, sorry, Luke Becker. He's got, they, they went home. They managed That's to get home, but some of the Australians stayed. We, we've got enough English-based riders to, to to put a league together. The problem that we will have is public confidence. 
public confidence that um, they're not going to catch the virus off people. You know, we've seen the social distancing. I mean, I walked out of the garage yesterday to go around to the garage next door to take him something. And there was a guy walking up the road and he crossed the road. <laughs> across the road so so he, he didn't come anywhere near me well um which i did think was quite funny i would have you know swerved him as such two meters but I think it was a bit extreme but you know this this is this is this is the problem that we that we are going to have the sponsors that are committed to the 2020 season they've all now got, not got businesses um they have to rebuild the businesses it's it's not just it's not just about the borders are, are significant. Don't get me wrong, and and they, they will play a big part. But I think the whole thing needs to, the whole country needs to get some confidence um, before we can start opening sporting stadiums, not just Speedway, everything else. And and people need to to, to relax that that they're out of danger because the way that the governments governments have have, have approached this is. Is everyone's vulnerable, and and that that is never now going to go away, and, and and they are vulnerable. You know, we've heard stories of younger people getting it that uh, un, no underlying issues. So everyone is now cautious. So, and, and I think that's our biggest obstacle. Myself, that's my personal opinion of of, of restarting the season mm. when there's no confidence. Well, that, that's a good point too, right? Because I mean, it's uh, the, the obviously the sport relies on on uh, on the public attendance, and without that, I don't know how they could actually afford to survive anybody, um, no matter what league it is. Mm. So it's uh, you know they they talk about running you know some of the league races even in Poland or even a GP with um, you know potentially no crap i don't know how that it might just be taught but i don't know how that could i i I, well it just feels wrong it's wrong it's wrong anyway because sport is for the people sport is not for tv in my opinion yeah tv's got a big part in it don't get me wrong but to to put things behind doors when you you know when when you know when they get to the champions league final in football or or we're getting to the playoff final in speedway and you can't go there and beat your chest and be a swindon supporter or a pool supporter or a scumdot supporter that's wrong You've got to sit at a TV. It's wrong. It, it, it doesn't feel right. That I've got to be honest. That not just the financial part of it, the moral part of running behind closed doors, in, in my opinion, is is totally wrong. We we are a sport for the fans. The put the fans have put us where we are. We can't then discard the fans. In my in my opinion, it is we are we. You know, whatever sport you're in, it's fan based. It has to be. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. Very much so. The um, obviously with you guys, you've you've been involved with the different clubs. Now you're you're head of BSPA, so you understand everything going on. Or I mean, you always understand it, but you're you're a part of of the whole uh, makeup of the of the British Speedway scene. And looking at it, you know, aside from the coronavirus, now I mean, you have you have England was once like the most dominant league for everybody back in the day, uh, as we always say. And then slowly, you know, as, as the European Union developed and, and, you know, doors were opening up everywhere anyway, but Swede, the Swedish league became quite big. The Polish league has, has obviously has just grown massively and it's, it's the, definitely the dominant league for everybody right now. But with, with that dominance comes the, 
uh, comes the money, comes the demand, comes the, you know, the, the penalties. It comes, there's a lot of things that go with it. And you can see that a lot of riders, they want to, they, everybody wants to ride in Poland for, for numerous reasons. And it's, it is a tough league. It's a good league to learn in, but you have the UK, uh, which has probably lost a lot of, of riders over the years definitely have because of, because of this or because of the, the demand that they, you know, the, some of the other leagues, you've got to be there. You've got to be fresh. You've got to make sure you've got this, this equipment, that equipment. And a lot of guys just, can't make that happen or or find it tough to do it but they still try to get there and go and do it i think they beat themselves into the ground to get there and then they're below par coming to a speedway meeting on a sunday and and uh, you know in, in the south of poland and it's 100 yeah. degrees and you're or you know or, or uh, you know, say 35 degrees celsius and and uh, you haven't quite got everything together and you're tired because you've been traveling all night and you've got to yeah, perform yeah. right so i i see that the the way it's going there, I think they've, they've done a fantastic job in Poland of building such a, a big league, but it's not possible anymore. It's getting harder and harder every year. And I think this is, um, I wonder if this will be a, a, a time for kind of a revolution in the sport that maybe eventually it's going to go that way where you can't really ride in all these different leagues at the same time. Maybe they, maybe this is a good positive sign for even for British Speedway that, Hey, you know, if you want to go ride in that league, go ride in that league. But then, you can't ride in this. Well, league. you'd love to. Um, or you know, you we, we, every, every winter when we're in AGM, it's the topic of conversation. It's um, and this is why sure. five, ten years, probably five, six, seven years ago, we did put a lot of money, our, our own money, into the youth. We've constantly mm-hmm. um, spent money on on the youth program, and it's it starting to, to to come to fruition now. You know, we've got some great riders that, that have come through and still coming through. The goal is to have a, an English-based, as you said, league. Then, you know, if you want to ride in Poland, go ride in Poland. Um, but it's not just quite practical at this time. Um, but but also, you know, the best riders do ride in Poland and the, the English public do want to see sometimes the best riders We'd, uh, in England, not just at Cardiff, um, I know in the Premiership when J- Jason Doyle goes around the tracks, he's he does draw um, big crowds, but, you know, wherever he goes, and they do want to see somebody different. There's someone that's on the world stage. Um, hats off to Swindon for for employing him, and and this year with Jason coming back and Nicky going to Sheffield, as I say, it, it was looking like the old days, but uh, exactly, you know. Yeah. So. That might be the key, though, right? I mean, like you said, Jason uh, Jason Doyle is one of the few, if not, yeah, I don't know how many are there. Niels Christian Everson too, that that still does the GP and rides in the UK. But there aren't that many guys out there, and sometimes I'm I'm shocked at how much racing that Jason Doyle does. And and uh, but he takes care of himself. You know, he's in good shape. He's organized. He's got all his gear, and that's the key to it. You got to have everything in in his, in place so that you can be. All he's got to focus on is getting himself to the track, you know, being rested up, having good food, good rest, think, you know, good I, sleep. And I think race days as well. That was a very, ready. very crucial point in what we did when we went fixed race days, Monday and Thursday. So England it was no longer all over the place. It was just Mondays and Thursdays. So any, any rider like Jason trying to sort his calendar knew that there was no other federation riding on a Monday and Thursday. He'll be riding either in England 
or nowhere. So, you know, that helped, you know, Denmark went Wednesdays, Sweden, Tuesday, Thursdays, and, and Poland whenever they wanted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> it, it did, it give, it did sort out the travelling arrangements then. And, and that, that, I think that was a great step forward, to be honest, the, uh, the fixed race yeah. days. But, as I say, Jason, um, yeah, he puts a hell of a lot of miles in. I don't want, I wouldn't imagine how many miles he does a year. You couldn't, you, if you had, if he, he had a competition, he's, I don't think anybody would come anywhere close. No, that's for sure. You know, and he does it. He's hardcore. So he sits, he will, he'll sit in the car quite a bit and do a lot of driving where I'm the guy who will find an airport that's as close to the track as possible and fly in there and try to eliminate as much time in the car as I can because just because I don't like sitting in the car too long and, uh, you know, getting the, you know, slight motion sickness yeah. because the guys are driving crazy to get to the next point and, you know, he can just jump in the back and go to sleep or whatever he does. I'm not sure. So yeah, definitely, uh, he's a legend. But there's not just him as a, you know, everybody that, that, that takes it on deserves credit on. I mean, riding in Sweden, Denmark, Poland, if they don't ride in England, it, it's, uh, yeah. It's a lot, lot to take out of people, definitely. To you, it it sure is, it sure is. And I mean, you guys, you know, you guys still get quite a few races there in the UK, which is good. I like the doubling up thing too. I think that that can be quite handy for uh, it, a lot of it riders. Is, but you know, perceived um, by the public, not it's... well perceived by the public. Now we've gone fixed race days, where you know there is no riders missing for one team when when they should be at the other team. That that has helped, but. Um, but it's allowed us to, to keep a lot of quality, you know, okay, we're not the, the same level of quality as Poland is, but it's, it has allowed, when the Premiership didn't want to do so many fixtures, um, it, it allowed them riders extra income to come down to the Championship and, and get, you know, 50 or 60 fixtures in total. So, and it's allowed the Championship clubs sure. to to put on a good show as well because you know it's not just about the premiership the premiership is is a top league in in the UK but the championship is another fantastic league below it and 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 that was another thing this year you know we had pool dropping down you know you rode for pool i remember you riding with pool it, that was a massive shot what matt did yeah. um yeah. but we've yet yet to see the fruition of that shot. yeah through, um in the championship so um yeah hmm. Inter- that's going to be interesting, you know. If I take if I take my foreigners hat off for a minute and think in this doubling up thing, in your opinion, do you think it would be a better thing if it was only the British riders that could double up and double down? That would make it more attractive to to them. I think or originally, think it it make I mean, difference? originally it was about uh, it was about, and then I think Same maybe year, it yeah. had a yeah. because it was in the European Union. I think we had a challenge from a European and said that's discrimination. So we had to then open it up. I think originally the concept was for just British riders. So that that's how it evolved. Um, certainly, you know, we do employ quite a few Australians and most of the Australians now are doubling up, which when they're, they're basing themselves, they're basically the British anyway, you know, they base themselves here, they live here. Sure. So, I, you know, I, I feel that the Australians are part of the British Speedway scene and should be treated the same anyway. So, And if you take yeah, the rest sure. out, there's very few other nationalities that do double up anyway. 
So I think we've we've pretty much um, got that covered up. There's certainly no Polish riders, um, no Swedish riders now, and just a few Danes. Which once again, the Danes, you know, I've got my own Dane, Thomas Jorgensen, Michael Pantoff, that actually live in England, and they're based here, so that, that you know they should have the right to double up, I think. But yeah, originally, and going back to your original question. It was originally for British riders, but as I, as I can remember, it was uh, one of these. It's discriminating because we because we were part of the Euro. We get away with it now, I think. Now now we're at Brexit's. I mean, Brexit. I almost thought forgot about Brexit, don't they? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. We got overrun by the by the COVID. Like now, but, uh, we were definitely. <laughs> definitely um, <laughs> guided by European law at the time. Gotcha. Well, that, see, that's, that'll be interesting, but like, like, I, I thought it was the same too that before that they had the only British riders could do that, and I was curious to find out if that, how, you know, what your way of thinking was too, because it's, and building the youth program that you guys have been doing over the years, you have seen the benefits of that, and I, I even at the Cardiff last year, I I did some of the speaking for the youth academy that they did there with the riders. And, and there were so many of those young British riders that are, are, they're so determined, you know, you get all different walks of life, you know, that some that have got a little bit more than others and better equipment or less good equipment or some that are just hungry as, as hell just to go racing, you know, doesn't matter what they got, just give me a bike and I'm going to do it. And that, that kind of thing is so fun to see because there are, you know, some countries that are lacking that. And I know Sweden is, is, definitely could use some help in trying to get uh, a kind of a pro a little bit more uh, intensive program like that to try to work with the youngsters and and give them more options to ride because right now they're being overrun by foreigners too it's there's not enough riders in the mix uh, to make it only Swedish riders yeah, I mean, you know? they need we, we started obviously at the one two five stage with them and then we, you know they've evolved through and then as the good not not necessarily the good ones but Rob Painter I mean that's another great success story for British Speedway is is the national team mm-hmm. with Rob Painter and his professionalism sure. and he now takes them he's now integrated himself into the under 21 scene so he's taking the youngsters and he's and he's introducing them into the fitness regime now at an early age he's he's uh, nutritionists everything's uh, available to, to these kids where you know the old British Speedway wouldn't have been so hopefully world domination will come back to British Speedway at some point in the future um, and, and it'll be yeah. with, with the help of people like Rob Painter and his resources and, and, and the Team GB because that has just been an absolute relevant revelation to, to, to British Speedway um, to see what Rob's done and, and to the level he can take it to um, and obviously you, you must have had dealings with Rob, have you? I not, I can't say I've had really many dealings with him, but knowing him and meeting him and, and I, I know about what he's up to and what he's doing. And I, I, I agree with what, everything you're saying there. I think it's fantastic. I would love nothing more than to see the British Speedway become a, um, a sought after league again for riders, uh, how, no matter how you look at it, <clears throat> having these opportunities, like you just said, it was, you know, these young Australian riders and, and even myself, if I, I put myself kind of as like one of them yeah. back in the day, I didn't care. I was 18 and 
my dad gave me a few bucks he had in his pocket and I didn't care what it was going to cost. I didn't care if I was going to sleep on the floor. I had it good because <laughs> I got to live with Lance King and I, I was, they rolled out the red carpet, but he was hard as hell on me, you know, and I, I owe those kind of people so much for not just, even though I had a room to sleep in and I had a, you know, I had it done good. He made me work my ass off and he didn't give up anything uh, until I showed that I was willing to work for it. And these young Australians that come over it, they, they come over there at like 14, right? Super young. And just the parents put them into some sort of homeschool system or whatever they do. And they go and they, they set up camp and they, they basically just go to race, whether it's in the UK or they try to get into Europe if they can't fit into the UK somewhere. And they just buckle down, man. They want to go racing. And I, I think that's that's unbelievable. You can't. How do you well, turn you those can. kind of people away? Um, you just can't. That they are, you know, that whether they're not British or what, they are the future. We, we need riders. The whole world needs riders. They need people that want to yeah. come and ride Speedway and enjoy themselves. It's about, you know, Speedway is about, it should be about, it is about joining. So it's also about making a few quid, don't get me wrong, like you said earlier on. But um, it, it, it is ironic that we can attract young Speedway riders, but we can't necessarily attract a younger audience. It's um, two just sort of don't quite go together. But, um, it's, you know, we, we, we once again, British Speedway's really ramped up its social interaction with um, with everybody. It's, we've got younger people involved on the social media side that's trying to attract to, to, the, the, to the younger audience. So maybe, maybe that, that'll work. But definitely, you know, British Speedway's always been a home for, for Australians and, and, and always will be. Yeah, that that's cool, and you know they they mix in good with the youngsters, do, yeah. the British youngsters or or whoever's there. So, like putting these these programs together that you guys are doing, <clears throat> allowing them to be involved, these guys will they will without knowing it they they help each other, you know, and they 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 all want to be better than the other, but they all want to work together. And I think that for me back in the day was the great greatest thing about yeah. the British League, as it was referred to then, is the that. Where, where we went, we were, people were always helping you. The young guys, whether they were British guys, they were Australian guys, Danish, Swedish, German, Italian, whatever. Everybody really mixed. And they all, everybody tried to help each other all the time. And I, I see today and I, yeah. obviously I work quite closely with Luke Becker and I've, I've told him, you know, I, I feel for guys like you and Brock in this, in this era, you know, Ricky Wells has been there for quite a while now and he's learned it himself, but you guys have, you you have um, uh, everything uh, up against you. You've got to go there and fend for yourself. The youngsters they they want to help you out. They want to give you information, but at the same time they're thinking you could be taking my place. I don't really want to give you too much. And um, back in the day, nobody cared, man. We were all trying to help each other. If I scored six points, that guy wanted to score seven, and he was a little bit bummed, but he was still stoked for me because I had a good night. Well, it's, um, I think today it's really cutthroat and people are, are fighting for a place in the team. And uh, it would be nice to know that you've got a spot, you've earned it, but you're working hard and everybody's trying to achieve together. And um, no, I want to see the British Speedway League come back and be a dominant league hey, again. That, I think that, that's, our, that's our goal. You know, that, that is our goal. Obviously, we're fighting against football where, you know, 20 years that's ago, cool. football wasn't as dominant as it is now in Britain. It, it, football now... Obviously, the TV revenues and everything is is probably one. Well, with that, Spain and, and Italy's 
three of the best leagues in the world. Um, and that's where I think that Poland did took the edge with the speedway because the football didn't quite get the the uh, the edge is what it did in, in, in Britain. So and Speedway and, and you know there's no comparison for me. Speedway is the most best exciting sport in the world for me personally. Uh, and you 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 you've got to say that as well. You know any true speedway sport will say that and that's why we just oh, keep coming sure. back. You never know what's gonna happen. Every every time you watch a speedway meeting it's different. The it's not just about the smell. It's not just about the adrenaline. It's, it's, it's probably undescribable what it is, but it is the best sport in the world. But it's mouth-watering. <laughs> we just need to convince a few more people that, that it is and football probably isn't. It's pretty crazy, man, because obviously I, my career has been quite long and uh, I, I still wake up eat, breathe, sleep it, be, no matter if I'm racing or not anymore. And, and uh, there is so much joy that comes from it, you know, and uh, getting, like you said, even the people I mix with quite a few different um, uh, disciplines, even over here in the motocross world and the flat track world and people, some, some of the, you know, guys that I look up to so much that are so fast in whatever racing they do, they just look at us and they go, it is so cool. And you guys are freaking crazy, man. I, I said, come ride my bike. No way. I don't want to do that. They have no interest. A lot of them have no interest. And some, there's a few of them that are so talented. They just go, can't, when can I do it? I'm like, now I got two bikes here. Let me know when you want to ride. I'll take you out. And um, that's how it is. Even wherever I go, I'm always trying to push it to get the guys out there. But they they look at a speaker uh, bike. Yeah. It's got no brakes. It's got no gears. There's no transmission. It only turns left. They just... They go. Ah, well, I don't blame them. <laughs> I mean, I have a little dabble myself, and it does it does scare me yeah. to be honest. But uh, <laughs> you can't be. But there's it's it's yeah, all relative, it right? And, and we <laughs> see the same. You know, flat track in Britain, to be honest, is is, is a growing sport. It's a cheap um, sport for 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 people just come and ride the motorcycles. And some fantastic flat trackers that we see, and we'll say to them come on, have a go on a speedway? You, you know, they'll say, you must be mad. I'm not getting on a speedway bike. We have the same same problem. <laughs> well, maybe I need to come up to Scunthorpe uh, well, and give you a race. Then. You could go on a 50 Masters. and I'll go on a 650 then. <laughs> you have to give me a chance. <laughs> not a problem. A deal. You got a deal. We have to do it. We got a deal. Well, hey, you give me a chance too. <laughs> I don't think you need that. Oh, hey. <laughs> So you talked about media and social media. Are you a social media kind of person? Um, for news, I mean, uh, you, uh, you know, news-wise, you can find a lot out of social media and you can promote things out of social media. Social media, I, I'm not, it's a very hurt, it can be a very hurtful place to be, to be honest. You've got to watch that side of it. Oh, for um, sure it is. Yeah. But certainly informative wise. Um I mean I do Twitter. I don't do Facebook at all. What do you do, Greg? I I have Twitter and Instagram and I'm and I'm on Facebook too, but I to be honest, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Facebook I get as as effective as Facebook is. I find that I can lose a lot of hours in the day if I go into Facebook because you end up getting so curious about what's going on here or going on there. And then you want to check this out, check that out. And then that's just, I I feel like I get lost there. 
but sometimes it's such a necessity to get information to learn so i've i'm trying really hard to just be a little bit more effective with it and i still do most of my media through through instagram well, my a wife, little bit with twitter too so uh, yeah my wife does but I, I really like instagram she'll just tell me these stories and i'll just say it's fake news fake news why can't people just too much fake news and too much yeah <laughs> so i just <laughs> I, I get it. mad at her really whereas <laughs> twitter tends to be yeah sensible people and there's a lot of things you can find out on Twitter that, that don't get the fake bit about it. It um, seems to be reasonably, reasonably uh, sensible. And it, it, it is a good way to promote your sport. As I say, I think that the British Speedway, that, that's our main um, platform for, for social media. Although we're now, we're getting into Instagram. We've got a young guy, Joe, and he's, um, he's putting that platform in so that we can reach the younger people because they tend to be on Instagram. That's maybe why you're on there. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, but sure. It, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm just pretty a Twitter, honest. I'm just a Twitter guy. Hey, Twitter, I started with Twitter mainly, and uh, it took me so long to get into that. One of my good buddies got me into it, and he was like, I'm telling you, man, you you got to get on there. you got so much to say. <laughs> and I remember like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And it was so – Twitter's fantastic because yeah. you can just get your words out, right? It's coming straight from the horse's mouth, and you just – you put it out there. You don't need to read all your comments and all that if you don't want to, but you get so curious on what people really think. And uh, I'm always, like, killing with kindness. You know, I'm – I want everybody to be happy. That guy doesn't like me. I want to know why. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm not a political person. We don't and, get into uh, politics. Most of the time you Donald get the, Trump he, on Twitter. I think he's he's just brilliant. <laughs> but we'll not yeah. we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta look at it like he's a classic example of right? Who needs the news uh, exactly. agencies? You know, you can do it all right there on Twitter and he's he became he became the US president exactly. via Twitter. <laughs> it's um it it is truly amazing so that's it's great to hear you know that uh that people feel that way and they you know you can use the media for it's you got to be careful with the media these days you know because like you said it's whether it's fake news or it's just the things come out sometimes it feels like something gets broadcast one day and you're like whoa no yeah and then the next day they correct it you know or two days later they correct it no actually that's not what we meant but or and this is actually the truth behind it, but they, you know, they throw it out there just to get you to tune in, and then uh, then they correct it three days later. True. But your character and the, you know, I, I have to touch on this quick because we had some a little bit of conversation earlier too. You're saying about getting into, you love driving your oh, tractor, yes. you love like being involved at a club, doing your thing, and the most cool thing you said is like you take it, you take over the oh, microphone yeah, sometimes. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. I'm a bit like event. Donald Trump. I say it as it is. <laughs> Sometimes it don't go down well. They get a fine and <laughs> off the referees, but hey, they're only there to be to be told that what, what, what my opinion is and their opinion is not as not necessarily the what I believe in. But uh, yeah, I think I said to you that uh, probably paid more into the Speedway Benevolent funding fines than every other promoter put together. But it's it's. It's, uh, it's, 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 yeah, I'm probably mellowed a little bit actually, but then again, I know I think I, I think I got into trouble last year as well. I think I got into trouble because last year with the referee, you... so, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm because I'm passionate, oh, no. you see, I'm passionate, 
Um, but yeah, I'm passionate. I'm, you know, I can hear that. You know, I just I say it as it is. I, I tend to just say it as it is. Um, sometimes it, um, my brain isn't in gear before my mouth opens. <laughs> But, you know, at the same time, those kind of things, like we we race, it feels like sometimes these days in much of the sport, uh, we race against rules and regulations more than we race to go racing. And that, that that's hard because you need, the sport needs a little bit of, of controversy and it needs a little bit of push and shove here and there. And those are the kind of things that get the, the public and the youth and stuff involved too. And you know, these days you can't even really push a guy without getting a fine or getting stopped. So the the sport is really clean. I don't I don't mean it should be in, you know, uh, people shouldn't instigate it and be knocking people down and doing things, things like that. But the push and shove and getting in their face and saying a few things and it's OK to get fined or whatever. But um, I think the sport lacks that in, in one way. It should be a little bit more. I dig the fact that you get well, you, you pay some you know, money. You're quite correct. Thank you. and, and we have been in trying to instill that that thought process with the referees for the last couple of years. You know, it needs a bit of drama. Speedway used to be about drama. It used to be about going to mm-hmm. the centre green telephone when the referee wasn't on it and slamming it down and, and playing to the crowd and whatever. But, you know, in the world, we've, the world has changed and um, litigation and everything else, it just won't allow you to do it. And, and it's so sad because it's part of the show, really. Speedway is a show. It, it's entertainment and, and there should be heroes and villains and there should be a bit of ambags and there should be a bit of within reason don't get me wrong you know and the crowd just he gets the crowd going it's the one thing well it shouldn't be the one thing but it'll be one thing that they do remember when they when they come back next week about what happened last week with that rider and how he did this and that and the other but you know it's it's getting too cleaned up um you know, starts as well. In, in in Britain, we were trying to make it so that if you didn't touch the tapes, you let the go, let the tapes go. But we tried and tried and tried with the referees to see our point of view. You know, it was holding meetings up the public. If you did a survey, it was the one thing they hated. That they they just wanted. If someone got a jump start, fair enough. You know, there were four riders gone. They didn't want the referee star of the show, but score um which we try all the time but it's um you know the referees have got their their rule book and 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 we've got our ideas and we never seem to get it together with them really i'm with you on that too that that they should let some of those things go because i think sometimes you get the guys who play fair get get hard done by uh, and sometimes it's that that chance of the amount of the amount of races that have been called back because of a guy jumping the start, but when they replay it, he didn't jump the start; he hit it perfect, you know. So it's like then you penalize him because he hit it perfect, and yeah, it should be just like, oh man, you got lucky there. Yeah, that's the name of the game, you know. And um, it would it would speed the show up. It will create a little bit of controversy. It'll create a little bit of hype because the guy's like, that dude cheated at the start, you know, and, and uh, hey, he, hey, he won. He beat you. So uh, then the referees can play a little bit too. They, they don't need to make their consistency of green light one to go. 
it could be yeah. a green light go. It could be green light one, two, three go. So it's you know it's it's a we, we've know, had all these conversations. Make start, if you do a sub, uh, a, one of the, the the main gripes with the supports on the terrace is the starts. They just when the referee fake brings them back and nobody's really moved or nobody's really in, had an infringement, they just get they get they get, they get annoyed with it and and you know it, it does make some of them not come back. I do not know that for a fact. So, you know, it is, and, and like you say, if you get away with it first time, they might not get away with it next time. All, all well and good. I mean, we saw a video the other night, we, we I say on Monday night, the stream was a 2012 uh, premiership, premier uh, championship with Scunthorpe and, and uh, Somerset. And oh, in Heat 13 on the Somerset one, the two Somerset riders got an absolute flyer, but they never brought it back. You know, if if that was the norm, you wouldn't even be talking about it. You'd say, yeah, fair enough, we'll get one next time. But but next time, we, you know, if we got a flyer, then we'd be brought back. So there's no consistency, like you said. It, it should be, if you don't touch the tapes, let them go. That's pretty true, right? Simple. Yeah, I, I even I even like the I even love the old systems like way way back I, you know I still watch some old videos and my buddies send me stuff when they could just run into the tapes back and Push forth Ole Olsen days and Penhalls and yeah. and Michael Lee you know those dudes were in the tapes constantly it was the guy who could get into them get out and get back into the heat the, the quickest they were that was fantastic and uh, that creates controversy like whoa whoa and no one really knows who's going to get it that would be you know, phenomenal. Maybe we should have a cost me a load of tapes. Just get some rubber tapes. Yeah, that'll be all right. But yeah, <laughs> you got to get some rubber tapes. As I say, we. Uh, <laughs> it would be good if if that if that was a tape would, sponsor. But as I say, it's, it's not possible at this time. It's not possible. <laughs> no, for sure. It would be fun, though. I already saw two sponsorship opportunities, you know, whether it's a T-Mobile or a Vodafone or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That could be the sponsor of the referee's telephone that gets thrown on the ground every time of the, <laughs> and, and the tape sponsor to fix the tapes. <laughs> it, would be, it would be fantastic. Oh, my gosh. So cool. Um, hey, Rob, I mean, um, uh, looking... Is there is there yeah, a, yeah. a TV deal lined up for this year? No, even no, though we're no. not sure what's going to happen yeah, but for the we, UK. We did I know five BT's, year deal with Eurosport. Is it BT Sport still or? Um, yeah, five year deal. This was supposed to be the first year. Oh, it first is. One's is that supposed what it is? to be okay. in May the seventeenth. I do believe that. I'll be now obviously not back a bit. Um, we uh, obviously you know Eurosport. Okay. You know you can discover as such big channel, big aspirations in in actually getting domination yep. of Speedway. They want ultimately want to have a speedway channel um which hopefully reading between the lines will mean other federations will be on wow. with you know Poland, okay. sweden etc so they're, they're starting with us um it's not been a great start obviously because we can't run speedway at this time but yeah, we've had a lot of good conversations too, right? with them and um they obviously know because everything yeah. they've got has been cancelled but when we're able to get back on we'll be live with eurosport um, and I say it's a five-year deal. Um, gives good continuity, and it gives us instead of nine million viewers, we've got access to eighty. I think it's eighty-two million viewers. Um, we've got, and we, we will have free-to-air as well. 
on wow. D-Max and Quest. So um, it wasn't. It, well, the whole package was 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 a better deal than uh, the BT. We were very grateful to BT. Don't get me wrong, but Eurosport came came along and presented this, and and it was oh, just sure. too good an opportunity to miss. Well, it's the free to air. Yeah, absolutely. They're coming the in the Grand Prix in another in a couple of years now, too. Now, so. but yeah, um, it was exactly. the free to air that that we yeah sold us on it because that's where Speedway needs to be. Not just to the people that that subscribe; it's to the the casual viewers that are looking through the channels and see this wonderful sport and go, "What the hell's this?" and then learn about it. Then. Um, can get themselves involved with it. We, we we see that as the future. So it's just as I say, it's unfortunate that uh, this time right. we don't know when our first meeting will be with Eurosport. No, yeah, as I say, that's yeah. Great. What a shame! With all this amazing. Is, yeah, I mean, a, we, we, we forget definitely. about talking about the Eurosport deal, but you know, with with the teams and, and everything else, um, riders coming back. Eurosport deal, and then it just all falls away. But um, at this time, but there will be positivity later on. I'm positive. Of course, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely. We keep looking, but at the minute, we're not seeing any. It's it's been a difficult. No, that's Different. right. I mean, obviously, you, you've just got to be in California. We've got to be patient, right? In England, and uh, the death rate has flattened, but it's not it's not decreasing like it is in Spain or Italy at the minute. So we're still probably two or three weeks behind them two countries. So we've still got another two or three weeks hard slog as such before we can see some light at the end of the tunnel. But once that comes, we'll be we'll be back on. Yeah, That's yeah. Like if you knew, right? it, it, getting a full refresh. It wouldn't be right so bad if you knew it, what was going to happen in the end. Of it, so it, you quicker. know, you think, well, I, I use these weeks, I'll do that, and that, and that'll be back to normal. But you just, yeah. the problem is with the uncertainty. Is nobody has ever been through this, experiences, so we don't know what's going to happen at the end of it, and that, that's that's the worrying bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The knock-on effect Probably. is going to be interesting how this is all going to pan out. For sure. Well, hey, uh, I've got only one, two questions left for you, basically. I mean, who is your, now you're in a, you're in a, a very um, neutral spot now, you're as the chairman, but who's your pick? Obviously, Ty Wolfenden <clears throat> being lost, your, your, your top lost connection. British speedway rider for the, for the time being. Yeah, got you, got you, got you back. Yeah. Oh, have you? Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay, there we go. Maybe I got too far away from the microphone here. Um, Ty Wolfenden being the top British rider, so to speak, at the moment, and you know he seems that you know Ty Ty just gets better and better. Obviously, you're going to have uh, corrections in in the racing from time to mm. time, but I still think we're yet to see the true, even the best of Ty Wolfenden. So, who, in your opinion, who's the next big hope for you as far as a British? youngster coming up who do you see yeah we, we, we have a couple of them i mean we've obviously i think the next next one along really is dan buley um dan buley 
had experience, good experience mm-hmm. in Poland. He had a I knock, like him too. knocked back about a year and a half ago. We had a, a broken leg, but he got himself back to total full fitness. He rode in Australia this, this winter. I think Dan is, in, is an excellent prospect. But, you know, after Dan, there's so many other riders with, with, with good possibilities. You know, we've got the Thompson twins that, that, that ride for Leicester. Jordan Palin that, that's going to ride for me this year that we brought through the system, um, come through the youth system. There's, there's so many youngsters, even below them, that are coming through on the 250s now and, and the 125s, 150s, that they've got a lot, a lot of potential. But, but certainly, you know, Dan, Dan's, he, I do believe he was using the belt drive clutches and he couldn't make a start to save his life. And he's now gone back to chain clutches and he's making starts. So, um, which makes a lot of difference in speedways, as we all know. But I think Dan could yeah, be the next great hope for us. Um, definitely, he's, 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 he's build, the way he rides the bike. Um, he, he's definitely got, definitely got something. That's good to hear, man. I, I feel the same. I've, I've seen that kid the first time. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Glasgow a couple of years ago. And I was up there. Yeah. And uh, I was impressed from then. I've, I've kind of watched his progress. And obviously that accident slowed him down a little bit. But, you know, these things that they yeah. don't kill you, they make you stronger, right? And uh, he seems to have a bundle of talent. So it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch I, him, watch him I, grow. As I say, without the, a doubt. It so. is exciting. You know, the annoying thing is it's exciting for British Speedway because there's a lot of riders coming through coming through the system. Dan Bewley came through the National yeah. League system, the Conference League system, and we are beginning to see the benefits of it. Um, but in, in, in not just this year, for the next few years. So um, just hope we can uh, get it back on track, everything back on track, get British Speedway back up there and give them a platform to go on and represent Great, Great Britain and get into the GPs. Um, as I say, Ty, Ty actually started with us. Did you know that? Oh, you knew. Yeah. Ex- oh, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well Dad did as well. Dad, Dad lives. Yeah. Dad, I mean, I used to, I used to be a mechanic for Rob years ago. Um, oh yeah, he, he was a bit oh, of did a. Did you really? Was wow, Gaston. <laughs> oh yes. He ta- oh yes. He, I. Uh, he taught me about know, life. I, Greg, um, I can tell you, he taught me a lot about life. I'll never forget Rob. I tell you what, he was. <laughs> did he? He taught me a thing or two as well, and he was. He came to. Yeah, my in my first year, nineteen eighty nine, at Lance King's house too. Rob, Neil, and, uh, yeah, even yeah, Neil yeah. Machen back in the day too. They 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 were they were regular visitors to our area, and I mean, I have some, I had some fun with those guys, and um, I bought when when Rob was uh, in his know. last year. Sadly, I he had a, an old uh, Lambretta scooter that he was building. He was going to restore and uh and obviously he wasn't going to be able to finish it so he uh i bought it off him before before he passed and uh, took it to sweden and i'm gonna i'm gonna remodel that thing and i told ty as well i'm always gonna have a piece of <laughs> woofy in my life you know yeah. from the darren bucock days to the because it was a, this was all it part was. of darren woofy and neil that i and i had this little group back in the day there and uh I will always have that, and I'll get that thing finished. Probably yeah. now, while the coronavirus is is here, I'm really going to work hard on that and try to get that thing rolling. So, uh, yeah, I, I've, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I think we all, as I say, Rob, Rob taught me about life. Really, it, um, 
I'll never, I'll never ever forget the uh, the times I had with Rob and, and Julian Parr as well. You know, the early days within the Speedway <laughs> career, it was it was oh, different to gosh. what it is now. It was it was a fun journey. It was more fun oh, than yeah. it is now, I think, because I think more now is so more professional Speedway, which it, which it needs to be. Don't get me wrong, but it was more more of a you know, chuck your bike, oh, on, the bike sure. on the back of a bike rack and. We'll go to Weymouth and we'll go to Exeter and we'll stop. We'll camp tonight. We'll camp in this camp. And they all got together and we all go. Yeah, I remember one day we went um, go karting and we all got thrown off the go kart track because they just tried to wreck everything. You know, it was it was all about having a bit of fun and it was camaraderie. It was a team <laughs> effort. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was different then. But you know, he's. I've got to say, I think Speedway now is better. It's more faster. It's more exciting now than what it was then, but I think it was more fun then. Honestly, I think it was more fun. It was definitely a different, yeah, different world back in that time, right? So it was like it was like yeah. driving without seatbelt car, true, and now true. you got yeah. seatbelt. Yeah, in the in the back of a Mark Four Cortina. <laughs> I remember Rob's car, Mark Four Cortina, with a, maybe not old enough, and he'll say, "Do you just drive the last hundred miles?" Yeah, go on. Yeah, and I just loved. It. Yeah, I mean, I just loved it. <laughs> yeah 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 that was yeah. the live school right there right that was the best no no, no books for me either man yeah. I'll, I'll take that, that yeah, the days. oh my god hey my final question for you and being the the chairman of the bspa can absolutely I a farewell meeting when you want okay one of these days as long as you have it scunther. awesome as long as you have it <laughs> awesome that's all i want to ask <laughs> Well, hey, you know, I think mean, I got absolutely. I mean, you, you serve very speedway well. Um, absolutely, no problem, no problem whatsoever for me. Absolutely, no problem. If Neil Middle Niche can get one, so can you. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. He had asked me too to come over for his, and I couldn't con- um, uh, say that I could confirm that I could do it at the time oh, too, with my wife's situation. But and then now, when all this is happening, what a, well, what a bummer, you know. I, there was oh, the sad thing was what, what a cool thing. Week, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we managed in a week. Everything happened within the with the coronavirus, with the COVID nineteen, and we managed to run the Ben Fund, which mm-hmm. is the benevolent fund meeting, and that was actually at Scunny on on the fourteenth. And the week after, there was three testimonials where I certainly know what my rider Josh Orty he, he put eighteen months into that meeting to get that meeting on. So you know, getting riders, getting sponsors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. There was Todd Kurtz and there was Neil's meeting. And we that was the saddest thing that we had to do was yeah. was not be able to run their meetings because of the time they'd put into it. You know, and uh, this, it was the right thing, but um, government dictated it in the end. But it was so sad that it wasn't just like us putting an yeah. individual on where you run a few riders. They put so much time and effort into their meetings and then they were pulled from underneath them. Um, and I do feel for all three of them people. But hopefully they'll get it back on next year. Maybe, maybe you'll make a return in all three of them. You never know. I'll lend you a bike. I'll lend yeah, you a bike. Fingers crossed, man. And uh, like I say, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. There you go. Then, uh, then, then, then let's leave it right there, and we'll start. We'll yeah. start at that point when we get when we get around to it. <laughs> hey, uh, Rob. I really, really you thank you very, very much for joining me on GTR. Of course, you can. I. 
have been a, a, yeah. a mess, massive fan of it from the very beginning. I know that you did do some testing on it towards towards the end. What was your feeling on it, honestly? Well, you know what? I, you're asking if you're looking for uh, good feedback. You, you called the right guy. And I am as well. I'm a big fan of Marcel Gerhardt anyway. I, he's Yeah, he's done a lot of he's He's helped me out. Uh, for a lot of years, I've ridden a lot of engines tuned by him. You know, Speedway's funny because everybody, if if I'm buying an engine from Marcel or or Peter Johns or or Kowalski or anybody, anybody else can go in there and buy a motor too. You know, so it's it's yeah. not like it's it's I got to stick with one guy because you, you're always trying to be better than the next guy. And but Marcel is a very very clever dude, and he this idea with the GTR would revolutionize Speedway and. In so many ways, it's a it's a probably not a good thing for some of the other tuners and, and other manufacturers because he's building something that potentially could is like yeah. a modern day motocross bike or a street bike that will just you just put fuel in it and change the oil periodically or the filter and you keep on going. But this thing is also capable of running at the highest level. Maybe it's missing a few small tweaks here and there to make it uh, fully competitive to the, the best GM of today. But it's not it's not far off, you know, and uh, it's pretty amazing what he's done. So I I did a lot of testing with him from day one when he first started uh, playing with the thing right up to the first model. Um, and then I, I've been testing him constantly over the years, just checking because yeah. I never knew when he it's only a matter of time before he's going to hit it perfect. And he is not far away. I have to say he's not far away, but I don't know if the speedway world is going to uh continue to support him in this because he's he's definitely got enough you know with other manufacturers trying to to get him out of the picture um it's going to be a tough job for him but i hope that he doesn't give up and i still have an engine here that i i rode all last year testing thing still runs great and um i've got you know i've tested different flywheels with him and all sorts of different things and this one I got here is is a pretty nice running engine. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, a, say I I'm a big well. supporter we, of it. Um, we believed in Marcel. Um, Jordan Palin, the young lad I spoke to, I spoke about earlier on. He he has a GTR. Um, we started him, bought him the original one off Marcel, and then I know that you developed um, a phase two for it with, with a different oil system in it. We put him on that, and he just said it was mm-hmm. an absolute rocket ship, and he still rides it to this day. He he will be the one probably, as as well as the Thompson twins now that have not now got GTRs that will maybe just make Marcel smile again. Um, I hope I hope we can because you know I see the passion in Marcel That's as great. you did. Um, he, he deserves to to and Suta racing as well because Suta were you know a big company behind this as well. Um, it, it would be great if the GTR. Because it would cut people's costs. So, I mean that that GTR that, that Jordan's got did 250 races before we had it serviced. 250 races, um, and we sent it back to Marcel, and Pretty Marcel amazing, said, just wants a set of rings in it, <laughs> put a set of rings in it. So, um, it's fantastic. It's, it's a fantastic concept. It just <laughs> it just needs people to believe in it. So that's why. I, I wish I wish a couple of tuners would would actually put their hand get their hands on one yeah. and make their own little tweaks to it and just 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 because people need to see that and they 
I think that you would have another big player in the game, mm. and that would be good. No, no monopolies in the sport, right? Jawa is obviously trying to revamp their whole scene. Godden has come back to the world of speedway again. So we need diversity. And what Marcel's doing, if he gets yeah. it nailed on, you know, it's going to be hard for people to keep up with that without making some more investments and changing again. And um, but it's a good thing. This is this. It's a great thing. I. I this was Marcel's idea. Super yeah. did a great, you know, obviously they're, they're a big factory and they, they made it possible yeah, it for is, Marcel, yeah. but it's, well, it's, it's great to hear your feedback on it. As I say, I've always believed in that, that concept and that engine from the very beginning. Um, it's just pity that people sort of didn't, didn't sort of work for him for whatever reason and, and, and then ditched the concept. So, um, but no, it's, I did know that you were testing him and, and just interested in your feedback. So great. Fantastic. No, definitely like not. You guys haven't given up on it either, and keep working because I'm I'm sure that it's more more people like you that will bring another, um, like I said, big player to the sport, and um, this could it definitely could revolutionize. I'm it would be looking at amazing boxes, for American so Speedway too. Already of the Mark Two one, so um, we're all ready to go. <laughs> all ready to go. Oh, there you go. Right. Uh, keep playing and keep getting asking. You know, he likes yeah. feedback and he yeah, likes the, has, he's got yeah. ideas. He's you know he's a good Thanks guy. My pleasure, man. Again, like I said, thank you for joining us on the Real 45 Podcast, Rob. I can only say good luck in your new role as, as chairman of the BSPA as well as promoter at Scunthorpe. And um, I really appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah, and, and the, thanks, Greg. You know, thanks for as 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 Not usually into these sort of things, but I have enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. I wish you and your family well through the, through everything, that you know, the virus and everything. And hopefully... You'll have your testimony at Scunthorpe next year. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get you some riders. And I'll get you a bike. And, <laughs> you got and, it. And jobs are good, then. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. You got it from the horse. No worries, right there, as they say. All the best, Thank Greg. You have a nice much, day. Rob. Look forward to it, man. Take care. Bye. Same to you, buddy. Thanks for your time. Take care. Bye.